You are listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. Hey, wow. You know what? The imagination now. Everybody has changed. Now they're getting so uh, creative in terms of their thinking and what they can do. Man, it's, it's, this is the best I've seen. Yeah, when you jump that damn high, you got a lot of time. to up the floor. Reads a drop down. Kobe! Oh! Up high! Down hard! Kobe Bryant! Very deep, yeah. Blocked by LeBron! That basketball will never be the same! So that now has entered the fray. And we are back just like a Z02. We have had a very tough month of May, but Ben, you know what? We had more than 600 pair of shoes sold if it's like one shoe is equal a listener. So welcome back to Harder Radio. <laughs> Thank you very much, Kevin. I'm very happy to be back. Oh, what's going on? Before we start, like obviously we're going to talk about the lottery, the playoffs, the combine. But I want to start with the ball family. I want to start with yes. Big Baller brand. Those shoes, we haven't talked since those shoes came out well. And those sandals, well, a, a ripoff and a quite, frankly, not the nicest design. Uh, yeah, apparently there's a patent infringement suit going on with uh, Kobe Bryant because they look exactly like the Kobe 12 or whatever. I'm not a big sneakerhead. So I don't know uh, where the infringement is. There's a logo infringement also uh, going on with a, a college football player that is really, really angry at LaVar Ball right now. And uh, last I've heard, LaVar Ball said that the price for a co-branding, uh, a co-branding uh, contract with a company just got up to $3 billion. Yeah, because so, he, he um, thinks he's going to be drafted by the Lakers, right? And, and that was on. That was a big, big thing yesterday. Oh, if the Lakers draft him, they'll make the playoff. That's what LeVar Ball was saying. Ooh, he's the father, by the way, if you're not aware of the situation. And uh, it's kind of interesting. He he will be drafted by the Lakers. That's the worst part. That's the that 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 that. But it's no guarantee that he will make the playoffs. It's no guarantee that he will make any of his teammates better. A lot of people seeing Lonzo Ball as as a um, franchise point guard type of uh, uh, type of uh, player, as a Jason Kidd type of player, I am not sure how his how his um, how his uh, jump shot is going to adapt to the NBA. You guys, he, he will have to sell me on his weird jump shot first. All right, let's talk about the lottery. Let's start there, Ben, for our... Oh, man. Like, we missed, like, an entire playoff round, so we're just not going to even talk yes. about it. We'll talk about the conference finals. Forget the Raptors. Forget my nice JV jersey that I just got. It looks amazing, <laughs> but he's playing golf. So, itty bitty ballers, thank you. I'm waiting for my figurine. Now, let's talk about the lottery. The Celtics, all right. It wasn't the worst trade ever, in hindsight, <laughs> that the Nets did a few years ago so uh, like in order to explain to you guys what's so i was so amazing about this lottery is that five years ago in 2013 the new the new jersey the brooklyn nets pardon me uh traded acquired kevin garnett who was in a wheelchair uh, paul pierce who was a year removed from being in a wheelchair and jason terry for a bunch of scrubs and three first round draft picks and uh, in 2016, 2017, and 2018. This year, it's a pick swap. 
so the um, so the Nets will have a, um, a a first round pick, but it's going to be the uh, the the Celtics first round picks and the Nets and the Celtics getting the Nets first round pick this year. There's a lot of technicalities, but means that the basically the Nets traded two years of Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce for about 10 years of Jalen Brown, what will most likely be Markel Fultz, and another <laughs> first-round draft pick um, next year. It's, it's, it's amazing. This trade is getting worse and worse as time goes by. But it was not the only bad trade in this, uh, that, that was featured in this uh, lottery this year. So it was a very good lottery. Not, not the best I've seen. Yeah. I mean, you, you I had mean, hopes. Dan, you had Dan hope for Gilbert the Sixers, right? Bringing, bringing in his son and Machine Gun Kelly was still the greatest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and drafting Anthony Bennett with the pick, like that was that was oh, a special a year. Oh, what a bust! I'm so sorry. It's um, Canadian, but uh, our Canadians have been a little busty lately. I, yeah, we still love you, Anthony. Uh, the NBA got you all wrong, but blame Dan Gilbert. And did you did you watch the lottery yesterday, Kevin? It was amazing. I uh, no, no, I didn't watch it live. I uh, wasn't able to, but I can only imagine so, your your anticipation seeing if the 76ers would get the draft pick. So the thing the, the thing that happened like last year, nothing happened. Like the the same exact order was respected for the first time in I believe 33 years of lottery. This year, um, the Sacramento Kings the NBA draft uh, is moved fast in the top three uh, because of the ping pong ball from number seven to number three. But uh, great, the greatest thing ever happened. Um, the Sacramento Gang Kings in 2015 did a very ill-advised trade in order to create cap space to sign Rajon Rondo. They sent a two first rounder and a uh, pick swap to uh, to the 76ers so they would gobble some bad salaries. And that pick swap was used yesterday by the Sixers in order to get into the top three. And that had Joel Embiid uh, laughing like uh, like an evil person on television. Uh, Joel Embiid was representing the Sixers at the lottery and giving the stink eye to Magic Johnson. It was It was a great evening. I had a lot of fun with it. Oh, all right. So let's go with the Lakers. Second position yes. for the Lakers. Second year in a row they draft in second position for the Lakers. Uh, so we mentioned Marco Fultz. Where we've talked a lot about him over the last few months. And we've talked a lot about Lonzo Ball. And Lonzo Ball seems likely the second overall draft pick this year. Oh, yeah. the no In no way... Um, the Celtics are trading their first-round pick or are drafting anybody else than Markel Fultz. There are going to be a lot of smoke and mirrors. Danny Ainge, is a, the, the Boston GM, is a very big smokes and mirrors guys. But no way is going to uh, no way is going to trade that pick. Like having Markel Fultz on his lineup will allow them to be such a versatile versatile menace on the perimeter. They'll be able to play Isaiah Thomas and Fultz. They'll be able to play Fultz and Avery Bradley. Fultz and Smart. Uh, Isaiah Thomas and Bradley, and, and sometimes Isaiah Thomas, Fultz and Bradley together. Uh, it's going to be a complete nightmare for uh, for everyone in the East, and they will be the Boston Celtics will be a, a, a maybe a free agent close to finally giving competition to the um, Cleveland Cavaliers in, in the uh, in the playoffs because they're not giving them competition this year. No. But next year with Markel Fultz. 
oh my god, it's going to be it's going to be quite something. As soon as Olenek scored that three point, well, those three points uh, the other night, I saw a meme saying the Celtics have been swept by the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I just started laughing, <laughs> like uncontrollably. Like, yeah, it's it's like exaggerating, but it's pretty much reality. There was a um, there was another meme where like uh, there was a blurred image of. Of Larry Bird and like uh, next image was a guy uh, cleaning his glasses and it was uh, Kelly Olenek sinking a three. <laughs> Kelly Olenek was the was the hero of Game Seven for the uh, for the Boston Celtics. He probably wouldn't have won without his input, um, but I would not be surprised, guys, to see him gone next year. Um, oh, yeah. There's going to be a lot of turmoil in the um, in the uh, lineup for the uh, for the Boston Celtics next year. Maybe him or Amir Johnson. Maybe Amir Johnson is going to leave because there's Ante Zizic, a big guy from Europe who's coming in to help with the rebounding because they're getting killed on the rebound this year. Yeah, but it was uh, it was kind of interesting to see Olenek uh, play. That I way. was, Canadian I kid, was right? happy. Canadian kid, so it's kind of fun for that. I was happy. Canadian kid, uh, good kid. Uh, he's being called dirty every time <laughs> he does something wrong on the floor, but uh, I think it was Adrian Wojnarowski who uh, who who highlighted the fact that he has only three technicals and no flagrant fouls in his career. So he's a very clean player who gets caught in very bad situations. Uh, yeah, but the, the... Uh, he, he, he's a good he's a good rotation player. He's never going to be a starter on a good team, but he's a good rotation player to have. Made a name for himself in the playoff. That, oh the, yeah, in, game, oh. in the game seven, like this, it's not nothing. It's like yeah, when you step up at game seven, no matter your pedigree, your background, your, your the perception people have of you, if you're a good blue chip player or just a bench warmer, you you step up in the playoffs, you make an name for yourself. It's going to make him better. It's going to make him uh, not only give him a name for himself, but it's going to make him better. He's going to be more confident. He's going to take his shots um, with more gusto next time. And like for a shooter, like Olenek is. Taking your shots with confidence is the most important thing. And I'm convinced it's going to make him a better player as soon as the next round against Cleveland. I don't think they're going to beat Cleveland this year. I think it's going to be a five-game series. But um, but the Celtics have officially mastered their rebuild. Uh, they're going to be a championship contender maybe next year or the year afterwards. <laughs> yep, they really accelerated it with that uh, master move. And we'll just finish the top three, and then we'll talk about the losers and the winners. Yes. The 76ers, your team got really close, could have been a top one draft pick. But you know what? The, the number three, not too shabby, in a pretty deep NCAA crop this year, especially with the one-and-dones. It, it could be a good pick for uh, Detroit. In third spot, uh, Detroit, mean, uh, Philly. Philadelphia. Yeah, Philly. Sorry, <laughs> I, the colors. I, I got confused. Um, the thing is, uh, the most amazing thing that happened with Philadelphia yesterday was not Joel Embiid giving the stink eye to Magic Johnson, which was amazing. Yet it was the 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 uh, Philadelphia fans uh, basically uh, hoisting a um, Sam Hinkie banner in the rafters in Philadelphia uh, because Sam Hinkie basically was the GM. Uh, of the 76ers when they tore it all down and traded everything for picks. And now that the picks are uh, are starting to pay off and he has been fired, he's been transformed into a martyr in, in Philadelphia. And they, 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 they hoisted a banner in, uh, to, with his face 
at the rafters uh, yesterday evening. It was very funny. It must have been touching for Sam Hinkie too, but I would not be surprised to see him rebound somewhere else in the NBA uh, as soon as next season because his process, uh, like it was, it was his name for the the rebuild, is starting to pay off now. Of course, he's been out-processed by Danny Ainge and the Boston Celtics by about three years, but it's starting to pay off. And like the 76ers, with that pick, should be noticeably better this year. With that pick and uh, Ben Simmons, they might even make the playoff if Joel Embiid can't stay on the floor. So are they your biggest winners, or are the Celtics the biggest winners yesterday? It has to be the Celtics, honestly. <laughs> it has to be the Celtics because they had one chance out of four of winning, uh, of winning the lottery, and they did, and they're going to get an awesome player, and they're going to get in good negotiating position because if I get Marco Fultz, I really want more than Paul George or uh, Jimmy Butler in exchange. I am going to pressure uh, Indiana or uh, or um, uh, Chicago to take bad salary. I'm going to want another player. I'm going to pressure them because Markel Fultz will, in the best case scenario, become some type of James Harden type of player. That's how good he is. And he, he like... He can Danny Hange can manage to be patient. I don't think he's going to move. Uh, if he's going to move, I think it's going to be for Jimmy Butler because he's signed for the next three years. But he is in such good position against all of the NBA. Um, the Celtics are by far right now the team that is best uh, that is best anchored for the future. All right. Who are the losers in the lottery, in your opinion? Uh, probably the Knicks. <laughs> Once again. My... My uh, my New York Knicks, who could have used a little bump, they sent Walt Frazier at the lottery yesterday, who was as handsome as ever in his lucky suit. And we could have used we could have used the eighth pick, uh, the, the seventh pick. We could have used a, a pick uh, in the top three. We could have taken Josh Jackson or the Aaron Fox. I don't know. We're probably not that bad off because we're probably going to get French point guard Frank Antelikina anyway because he's not that high on everybody's list and he's really good. He's a really good point guard. I think it's, people are sleeping on it. You know, a lot of people slept on Giannis Antetokounmpo, <laughs> the Greek freak, in 2013. Oh, and, to, to, yep, I was going to say, uh, Ben, uh, I don't want to interrupt you, but there is some sort of still... An hesitation. I want. I don't want to say protectionism aspect, but there is some sort of hesitation still, and that equal talent, uh, a American, will be probably selected before Frenchman. Most likely, yes. But uh, you know, Giannis back in the days was a question of okay, he looks like a million bucks, but he plays in in a church basement in like somewhere deep in Greece. How serious is this? Blah blah blah. But. Frank, I've seen him play like this year in uh, Pro A in France. He's solid. He's a solid player. He's mature. He's 17 years old. He has this freakish physique. I mean, what's the holdup in taking a chance on him? I think the Knicks will gladly take him at eight. Will gladly gladly be. Um, they'll gladly be. Um, uh, they gladly take him and give him every chance in the world to succeed. And I think he will. I think he will become a transcendent player. Not maybe not a transcendent player, but a very solid point guard. The only two teams who have it worse are probably the Orlando Magic, who had uh, Frank Vogel, their coach, as a representative last night. 
who looked like he was coming back from World War II or something. He had like a big beard and like his eyes were like he, his eyes were like he had seen like some horrors of war or something. And there was <laughs> maybe the New Orleans Pelicans who lost their pick to um, to the um, the Sacramento Kings because of the Boogie Cousins trade. It was to be expected, but still. Three miserable teams. Uh, two teams went back. One team lost his pick. These are the losers of the uh, of the NBA uh, lottery. Before we move on and talk about the conference final, let's talk about the combine for a second, right? Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. We have players that uh, can lose in the combine where sometimes you're better off not doing them than doing them because you might expose yourself at some point or might not live up to the expectations that the, the scout have. Versus yes. your play. And it, there's some players that do the exact opposite. Uh, what can you tell us about the combine? Any players that really caught your attention? Well, first of all, like there's always like some some physical testing that like people all, all freak out over every year. Um, as far as the, 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 the event of the of the um, of the combine is always the uh, Max Vert who can jump out of the gym right and we had a guy with a 44.5 inch vertical this year some dude from kentucky that nobody knew named hamidou diallo who had a 44.5 is very impressive it's this third best um in the history of the uh, combine uh after all after that there's the wingspan uh, competition who has the longer arms and uh frenchman jonathan jeanne who we will be talking about later in the podcast has one with a seven six and a half wingspan which is uh the length of his arms he's basically he's a seven foot guy with a seven foot six guy's arm and uh there were no freaky hands though this year in the in the in the draft everybody has the biggest hands were measured at <laughs> 9.5 uh, inches which, which is still was pretty big by the way <laughs> it's it's still pretty big but there were no like freaky like Giannis Antetokounmpo or Kawhi Leonard hands this year. It's always a freak every year. This year it was not. Um, some guys really impressed um, this year in the combine. There were um, Frank Jackson from Duke. Frank Jackson was was a, a five-star recruit coming out of high school. Uh, slang with Duke. Uh, thought he would be the starting point guard. Grayson Allen stayed in in high school, in school for uh, his junior year. Didn't play much minutes. Uh, was expected to stay in school for another year if uh, Grayson Allen declared. Grayson Allen staying in school for his senior year, so he said, fuck it, I'm going into the draft, right? And <laughs> He's he, like, yeah, I'm taking was, my shot because I'm not going to play at Duke anyway. So. Ex- exactly. So he he measured, he had a 42-inch vertical, looked very good on the 5-on-5 scrimmage. It's not everyone that does the 5-on-5 scrimmage, only the guys who have something to win. I don't think Frank Jackson was ranked in the top 60 before they, before them and he uh, he is now like he is considered it to be a um, a second round pick and if you want my honest opinion he's became a little bit of a mystery man in this draft um, he is um, he, he is he has become a uh, he has become a he was supposed to be a super um, uh, super uh, um, super pro- prospect he didn't have the chance okay. to show it and now he is making he's getting people interested again so he could be he could be a steal in that draft um donovan mitchell also from um donovan mitchell from uh, louisville uh was another big winner of the draft he was he, he was ranked about in like 20 to 25 and he scored very well in the athletic testing uh jonathan jean from france showed uh, his uh his rim protection 
and his shooting streak. He's was by far the best shooting big man in the draft. And a uh, feel-good story, if there is, an, if there is one, um, Jordan Bell, who did a very good job at uh, March Madness this year, who helped Oregon make it to the Final Four, looked amazing on the 5-on-5 five -five scrimmage. He dominated the floor. He was aggressive both ways. He was... Uh, he was pushing... Uh, and he, he pretty much ensured that he was going to... Uh, to get draft and um, one last winner, a Canadian kid was not supposed to. Um, he was not supposed to enter the draft this year, but he tried his luck anyway. Justin Jackson, not Justin Jackson from uh, North Carolina, but Justin Jackson too. <laughs> JJ two from he did very yeah JJ too. He did very good. He uh, he he showed he, he did very good in the scrimmage. He tested very well. He has very. very good for a wing player so he may very well be going in the first round yeah i don't think he has signed with an agent yet so his participation he can still go back to school but he's uh, uh he did very well there's a lot of kids that helped their causes here 20 minutes in and we still haven't even talked about the playoffs so let's dive into the conference's yes. finals uh, uh, where do you want to start absolutely guys you want to start the west conference eastern conference well, Tell me, wh what do you think about Zaza's closeout on Kawhi Leonard in Game One? Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, some some, <laughs> some people will say it's a dirty, it's a dirty play. Some people, uh, Popovich, like Popovich, are saying it's dirty. Oh no place in the game. Yeah, but it, it's hard to put intent, or it's hard to put like the, the deliberation in the move. It, The play happens so fast, and it's so easy to let the image say something that they're not saying. What happened a few seconds before or after it? It's hard to actually have an opinion, but yeah, it's really unfortunate, and it's unfortunate how a lot of stars have been injured in those playoffs this year. But uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I still have difficulty uh, going out of like going off the fence on one side or the other. I don't know if it's dirty or not. I, I still have I trouble. There's two things in there. There's two things I play in there. First, uh, as Pop pointed out, Zaza has a history of dirty plays. He is a guy who makes his living at, uh, at roughing up his opponents in the, on a barely legal way. And um, something that listeners might not know, which might think it is interesting, this type of closeout has been outlawed by the NBA around 2006. And they have been cracking down on them very hard. Usually, you cannot close out on a shooter with your feet first. And you need, you need, you need to square up, and you need to be squared up and facing your shooter as you're closing out. You cannot close out with your feet first, feet first and, and under. I think the play was dirty. I think that the Spurs were giving the Warriors hell. They were leading by 23 points when it happened. And I think that tips the balance in the Warriors' favor uh, One, this year. 130 yep. 77 is the score since Kawhi Leonard walked, lived off the court. So that yeah, you, have your, you have your answer right there. That's 53 points difference that and, the Warriors and, were able to score. And the Warriors are getting in rhythm. Like the whole shebang of the, the whole strategy of the Spurs was to not. Let the Warriors get it rid of, not get this, not let these shooters get hot, not let these shooters, uh, not let these shooters uh, uh, 
start attacking the basket and now they're hot and now they're in rhythm and I don't think the Spurs have a chance anymore. Maybe they're going to steal one game, maybe not. It's over in four or five. And I think Pop knows and I think that's why Pop was so out of his mind angry after the game. And on the Warriors, everything's clicking at the right time since Kawhi Leonard's injury and they are playing out of their minds. Uh, everything they're doing, uh, just... The way Curry just floored Edmund, yes, last night. Just yes. <laughs> little shimmy. He's on his bum. Curry continues. Gets the foul and one. Uh, yeah, they're, they're rolling pretty high right now and pretty hot, the Warriors. Yeah, and they're, they're going to keep doing so. I wish they would have faced the Spurs at full strength. Uh, I wish they wouldn't have had to rely on that. Like It's going to be a blemish on their title run this year. Uh, because I do think the Warriors are going to win the title fairly easily this year, but um, they're still a beautiful, a gorgeous uh, basketball game, uh, basketball team. It was their and... heel turn, right? It was their heel turn, literally. Like the the injury to Kawhi Leonard and the way they made him is like, all right, we're, we're embracing being a little dirty to achieve and get victory, which last year. The Cavaliers were kind of like the heels, and now the Cavaliers will be the baby faces this year, and it will be interesting in the final where uh, Warriors will maybe have that little uh, that little uh, dirtiness and that little swagger on their side. I'm still going to root for the Warriors personally, but um, I, it was just it was just a sad uh, play. Like it's very it's considered very dirty to put your your foot under a shooter when he's in the air, and but but hey, they're. They're still a great, uh, well-oiled basketball machine. They're still almost unstoppable. And uh, but, like, I'm really just angry after three years of waiting and waiting yeah. for this series to happen, to not have the Spurs being able to prove what they can do, not have Pop being able to prove he can outcoach Mike Brown. And it's a high ankle sprain, if I'm not mistaken, for now, for Kawhi Leonard. We'll, we'll see yes. if there's more structural damage there and if we see him back. But for now, I think he's he's on the sideline for maybe the next game. And that brings us to the Cavaliers and the Celtics. Yes. The Cavaliers have been playing out of their mind, undefeated this season in the postseason, which is kind of crazy. And the Cavaliers are just going to roll through the Celtics, I imagine. They are undefeated in the playoffs since um, since uh, Draymond Green called LeBron a fuckboy and got himself tossed uh, last year in uh, last year in the playoffs like that's how good they've been this year in the playoffs i i'm never counting a team out on the, in the playoffs especially in the conference finals or in the finals because of coaching um, the the Celtics the Boston Celtics have a lot of good uh, young kids uh, good, a lot of good athletic, big athletic young kids, especially on the perimeter, that can disrupt the offensive flow of um, the Cavaliers. But you don't know, have a LeBron James. Uh, you know, LeBron James is like Hulk in the Avengers. You know, like, oh, I have an army. Yeah, well, we have a LeBron. It's the same army thing. Of one. Yeah, it, it, it's the same thing. Like, if LeBron James decides to turn it on, he showed it in the playoffs. Like, he can basically make a basketball game not a basketball game anymore, which is great for uh, every Cleveland Cavaliers fan in the world, but really boring for every other ba basketball yeah. fan because as soon as, he, as soon as he gets the floor down, as soon as he floors it, 
everything is it's it's over like it's over it's it just goes it just goes uh, uh Cleveland's way especially in the east like it's not it's not going to happen with the warriors but in the east yeah. i think i i have cleveland in like maybe 5 if you go back to the second game of the cavaliers playoff in the first round this year there was a moment in the game maybe i think it was the second quarter like halfway in where he like yells something at the camera and says like that's it like mm-hmm. that's it. I'm turning it on now. And since then, like I don't, I don't even think they've trailed in a game since that moment in game two this year in first round. I don't think so. I don't think so. And that's the power of LeBron James, who is basically um, a Magic Johnson in the body of a superhero. That's the kind of player he is. Like he's more of a Magic Johnson than a Michael Jordan, but he, he is a Magic Johnson in a. Super athlete's body. If Magic and Johnson would have been in shape, <laughs> just imagine. pretty much, pretty much, and he was about the same size. Maybe he's, uh, LeBron's a little more physical. I think he's two sixty, and, uh, and but it's it's uh, yeah. Like I'm not. I'm. I don't have a lot of hope for the um, for the Boston Celtics this year. Next year. Uh, the Celtics should have had another big free agent, should have had Markel Fultz and Tijic to their team. I'm having hope that it will be competitive next year. This year, they're probably getting rumped, and the Cavaliers are probably getting rumped in the finals, which was pretty much what we had all along. I mean, these two conference finals are one seed versus two seed. So it was the yeah. mo- it was a little predictable. It's a little bit of a drag, but nothing is real until the finals start. Yeah, no, and uh, in the next few weeks, we'll talk more about what happened to teams that were eliminated over the last mm-hmm. past weeks and uh, the Larry situation and the free agents, and we'll, we'll dive into that when the season's over. Uh, but mm-hmm. the Celtics, they, they just look terrible the first two games, and that could have been put on the Isaac Thomas and the sister, his sister situation and her passing away and that whole like drama and stress and, and uh, negativity that it brings to the table. And then they righted the ship and they figured out that, yeah, you know what, it's our year or maybe it's our time and we need to turn it around and we might not have those opportunities all the time. So they started to, to win games and to be successful in the playoffs. And now... They were going to have a, a big mountain to climb, though. Is it possible with the Celtics, not even to, to, to win, but can they push Cavaliers to seven? All that has been tough this year. Like, just to win against Cavaliers, is that possible? Um, that will depend on one thing, um, and it's a key player injury. <laughs> if, if, if Kevin Love or even more Kyrie Irving, if Kyrie Irving gets injured, maybe. If uh, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, and uh, LeBron James are in shape, I don't think so. I don't think it will happen. If if LeBron is isolated and they can't swarm him at two or three, and LeBron doesn't have a viable passing option who can barrel down the lane or take a, uh, an, an uncontested shot, uh, that I can see that happen. If not, it's going to be over uh, pretty quickly. All right, and if you're brand new to the show, we uh, the tradition is we finish the show with a prospect of the week. And uh, we mentioned that name when we talked about the combine and the players that impressed. Uh, but this player coming from France as well has impressed you, Jonathan Jeanne. Yes, um, I, I'm, I'm in contact with a lot of uh, French scouts because I do a French uh, podcast too with uh, with uh, uh, broadcasters in France, and we were talking about Jonathan Jean all year, and they were always skeptical about him. There is big, t- tall guy, seven foot, 
seven foot, very skinny, real thin, and uh, he's very uh, skilled. He's very, he's got a good shooting stroke. He doesn't have a good shooting percentage this year, but like the mechanics are there. Um, he's a good shot blocker. He can rebound, but the big question here was: Would he would he accept saying in Europe and? be a draft and stash. Basically, being a draft and stash is getting drafted by an NBA team and accepting staying in Europe for one or two years to develop your game, getting the minutes, and be more of a factor when you arrive in the NBA. Dario Saric did that in 2014, and he was freaking awesome this year. And Jonathan Jean said, no, I want to come to the NBA right away. Everybody was skeptical. He showed up to the, um, to the combine, and he lit it up. He he had great uh, shooting uh, shooting drills. He looked good on five on five. He measured well. He looked he looked like a pretty mature kid who would, who understood his position. And think teams are turning their head now. He's a seven footer. He can he's a modern seven footer. He has a good skill set. And he, there's discussion of him going at the end of the first round now. Would it be the Spurs? The Spurs usually take. One international player, one local player. One, they they take they took Dejounte Murray last year, which turned out to be a great success. Will they take Jonathan Jean uh, next year to have a seven-foot shooting uh, shooting uh, uh, threat in their team? Like I could see that happen, but I could see Jonathan Jean moving even earlier in the draft. I could see teams like um, Brooklyn, who have two uh, who have two first-round pick in the late 20s. I can see teams like Utah taking interest in him. I he's going to go in the first round. My 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 impression is going to go in the first round or maximum like early second. Like he's not he's not going to get past 33. Uh, he he will have he will be a role player in the NBA. He will have a very uh, a very big role, a very uh, precise role to fill. But he has all the tools and. He, he seems to have it ahead on his shoulders. So on draft night, keep an eye on that name, Jonathan Jean from France. All right, Ben. So now we'll uh, we'll prepare to watch some basketball tonight. The next following night, it's the conference finals. Uh, do you predict that we will have uh, the anticipated rematch of last year in the last few years, basically? Warriors and the Cavaliers in the final. It has 99% of the chances of happening, and the Warriors have maybe, uh, bearing an injury, maybe 75% of chance of winning this. Very interesting. <laughs> All right, Ben. You can follow Ben on Twitter at Benoit Lelievre and myself at Kev Laramie. Follow our Facebook page because now you can listen to the recording of Hardwood Radio live every time on Facebook on our Facebook page, which is located at facebook.com slash sports podcasting network. You like what we do? You like the show? You like the shows on the network? Uh, we would really need a little bit of pat in the back. And the way you can pat our backs is if you go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash sports podcasting network to bring you live shows with high audio quality and bring you as well podcasts everywhere you get your podcasts for free with no paywall we do need a little bit of your support and that's patreon.com p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash sports podcast network and as always until next time i'm kevin larme for benoit Lediev. have a great basketball you were listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. Visit us, sportspodcastingnetwork.com.